This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. In the world, peak too early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I am joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I just spent the last three hours of my life wandering around a mall. No idea what I was looking for. And a mall is one of those places where it's like they have every single thing in the world except for what you are looking for. So I wasted three hours of my life, two days before Christmas, still have Christmas presents to buy. And I came home empty-handed tonight. That is a huge L. Mike, it is 2020. I mean, it is almost 2020. It is 2019. What are you doing going to the mall? I know. I'm, I, see, the thing is, like, I want to be a mall person so bad. I want to, like, not be the, I'm going to order things online. I don't want things showing up to my doorstep all the time. I want to be a mall guy. But today, an experience like this tonight made it hard for me. It was, it was I, a big L for mall guys out there. I want to be a mall guy. I do. I want to be a mall guy. statement. <laughs> and as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? I'm a little pissed off at the boys right now. Uh, you guys look well. You sound great. And I think somehow I uh, you know, caught whatever you had last week because I feel like dog crap. And it really is a, a Fontanella Christmas tradition for me to get sick on Christmas. <laughs> it feels like at the very least every other year. Um, so I guess I'm just, just doing Christmas right, just you know, honoring the traditions of Christmas past. Well, Trent, you better shake it off. You know, you better you better snap into uh, into a, a better mood, feel a little bit better, because this is our first Christmas episode. This is our first holiday holiday podcast. And I, you know, I ditched the Miller Lite tonight, and I got an obnoxiously, you know, full glass of, uh, of uh, full body red wine here because it's the holiday episode. You know, you got to mix it up a little bit. Who, who poured that glass? I did. That, is, that might be the entire bottle. <laughs> right there. That was the goal. I wanted to see how much of the bottle I could fit in one glass, but. No, I'm, I'm pumped. This is the first holiday episode. We got a great episode for everybody. Um, and to kick things off, we're going to talk a little running news. And similar to last week, we're going to talk about a race schedule announcement. And guys, this was probably the best announcement any runner has ever done for their calendar for 2020. Desi Linden announced that she is not only running the trials, she's running Boston too. So she is the opposite of Kipchoge. She is embracing Boston. She knows that Boston is the greatest race in the world. And she's going to do the trials. And then she's going to turn around in, you know, less than two months. And she's going to come back and run Boston. What do you think of this? I think it's one of those things where, you know, she's she's a legend at Boston, right? She's a former champion. And she's treated like a former champion every time she comes back. So I think it's super cool for her to come back. And the other thing is, though, you didn't even mention it in your little speech there, Steve. I was gonna get. I was getting the there. way that she announced it. She, you know, she had the two uh, bottles of whiskey. She was like, "Trials, Boston, trials, Boston." Then she pours a double shot with both of them, as if like, "Oh, I'm doing both of them." You know, I'm doing both of them. So badass. Des Linden is. She is awesome. She is like one of the all-time favorite runners. She is the absolute model of peak too early. And, yeah, I think it's badass that she's doing the trials. She's going to come back a couple months later, do Boston, and then hopefully a few months after that be in the Olympics. She's just doubling down, tripling down on the marathon. Let's go, Des. 
I was just going to say, I mean, off of what you were just saying there, Mike, is she the coolest person in the sport right now? In the sport of like she, running period? She I think probably she is. is. And, and she does it without even trying to like it. That's just her personality. That's how, think, that's how, that's how you know that she's actually really cool. She yeah, doesn't absolutely. try to be cool. I think all runners can agree that we just want more Des. And when mm. she came out with the announcement, you know, which is she going to do? You just, this is the best possible way uh, it could have came. And then the way she did it just proves you just, you just want more Des out there. Plus I was thinking, it seems like at first I was like, yeah, she's the man for, or she's the best Woman. for doing this. But, uh, <laughs> uh it seems like it should be kind of a no-brainer to come back and do Boston after the trials, right? It's a big enough gap where you can fully rest up and recover. And also, as like Dez or any former champ that's coming back, especially an American champ, you're just going to get treated like royalty. The city freaking yep. loves you. And even if you don't have, you know, the best day or you're not really going for the W, you're just going out to run strong or something, you're just going to like be – the crowd the whole time is going to just, you know, show shower you with so much love. I don't know. It feels like – it was like a no-brainer. She did the right call. If I won the Boston Marathon, I promise you, I am showing up at the starting line every year for mm. the rest of my life. Drop out as of long the as I mile. can walk. As long as I can walk, I'm I'm showing up at the starting line. I mean, I you know, it's Boston's one of those places where if you win, people remember you. And you, like you said, Trent, you're treated like you know a, a king or queen. Like you know, you 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 have you have won this race. You are forever you know part of Boston sports history. Trent, you brought up an interesting point there when you were talking about we all want more Des London. So you got to wonder with the announcement here of doing the double Boston and the trials back to back here, kind of going all in on it. I think Des is like in her mid 30s, 36, 37 years old. Are we looking at the end of a career here for Des? Is this kind of like a last hurrah effort here in Olympic year? I don't know. I've definitely heard her. <laughs> I mean, inside sources that I, that I don't have, but uh, I heard her talk and done interviews where she, you know, wasn't committed on coming back. You know, she was leaving 2020 pretty up in the air, right? So um, I don't think she's really gave us any evidence to know what's going on next. I also don't feel like you end your career by, or like this is her big culmination by throwing like, you know, the, the big trifecta on the schedule. I feel like she would be a little more chill if she had like one last hurrah. I mean, I think I think it's this is this is her one last push. I think that she's leaving nothing on the table. I think you know her winning Boston a couple years ago was really it, it made the career for her. I think like once that happened, she kind of got this feeling where it's like I've gotten everything and I've done everything that I wanted to do in the sport. I'm Olympia. I'm an Olympian. You know, I got I got out kicked at the finish line of the Boston Marathon and one of the most electric, electric finishes the sport has ever seen, you know, earlier on in my career. And I came out here, I grinded through the tough conditions, and I finally got my Boston win. And I think she's just she's just grinding it out for a couple more races. And, and I, I do think that eventually we're going to see at least an end of the, the marathoning uh, from, from Desi soon. Well, even if she's done doing the marathon competitively, like we just said, Des, come back every year, you know, Drop out after a few miles. You don't even have to to really run it, but uh, the the crowd walk needs it. you in Boston. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> walk it. Yeah, yeah. No, and Mike, you were saying it early. She is she's the pity, epitome of everything we say on this show. She works hard. She races hard. She parties hard. She's just she's just you know squeezing the juice out of every every last bit out of this sport. Um, and uh, she's doing it the right way. So um, good luck to Desi. I'm I'm pumped to watch her do both, and hopefully we see her in the in the Olympics next year. 
So on that, let's get into our interview with Morgan Pearson. So Morgan is, I call them in the interview, I call him the, the Bo Jackson of the endurance world. Morgan won uh, the club cross country nationals uh, two weeks ago. Um, so he, he's one of the best cross country runners in the, in the country right now, but he's also, you know, a top ranked triathlete and he's a, he's a hopeful for the, the 2020 triathlon Olympic team. Um, so let's get into it. Super, inter, uh, super interesting interview with, with Morgan. We are here with the Bo Jackson of endurance sports. He's currently the top-ranked U.S. triathlete and the winner of the USATF Club Cross Country Nationals. Morgan Pearson, welcome to Peak Too Early. Hey, how are you guys? I actually have to make a correction. I'm second-ranked U.S. guy. Oh, no. Oh, man. The article I read was wrong. Yeah, no, the rankings change kind of weekly, so... Uh, well, yeah, Morgan, you should have just you should just let it run. Nobody would. Yeah, know. I would, but then someone's gonna listen to it. Actually, knows, and they're gonna go on. <laughs> we're gonna so we're gonna cut this the, correction the, out. The, the triathlon <laughs> and just call me out. So. <laughs> so wait, so how does how does the ranking system work then? I mean, doesn't the season end at like the end of the summer? Uh, so it's the ranking system's actually just it's it never ends. So it's like you score. Uh, it, within the past calendar year, you score six races. Okay. And then, from two years, so from like the six months or the excuse me, the twelve months before that, you score another six races. So it's like from the last two years, you score twelve races. The ones from two years back are, I think they're halved the points. So gotcha. The more recent races are worth more, and then, yeah. So it sounds a bit confusing. It's actually not, but uh, yeah. So I was ranked, and then this guy named Matt McElroy, uh. He, he had a couple good performances at the end of the year and, and jumped me. Well, I, I'll tell you what he didn't do. He didn't go and win a, a, a club cross country championship by a landslide. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> How many yeah, points it, is that worth? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, right? wish, I wish, you know, I wish it was. And it's kind of funny because there was like the, uh, the USA triathlon had their like high performance meeting that same weekend. So I skipped it. So I actually think I like went. In their book, I got bumped down a few pegs, but uh, I had I'm glad I went. <laughs> yeah, is there is there like tension in the uh, triathlon world that you're double dipping and you're you're hanging out with the Tin Man guys and you know living living a dual lifestyle that the other triathletes kind of look down at you and you know you know Actually, you're cheating on them a little bit. No, it's it's kind of funny. I was talking to some of uh some of my friends today, and I was just like, it's because like tra like when I first started triathlon, uh, like two years ago everyone's just like oh yeah it's gonna be so hard you're not gonna make it like all the triathletes and then like i started doing well and they're just like they're not like they, they say good job and stuff but they're not like they don't like claim they don't claim me super hard yet because i'm still like <laughs> kind of a runner but then like when i did well in a running race i got a bunch of like good jobs and like like did actually like a usatf type race like they're like claiming me like i'm one of them so i don't it actually is kind of like Worked a little backwards, but I'll take it. So I, I guess I, I kind of want to dive into that a little bit. Um, so you came out of college, and you actually had a really good year running. And then it looks like you just kind of decided to try something new, and you kind of went over to the triathlon. What went into that decision to, to try the triathlon out? Yeah, I mean, 
it, like you, it sounds like you guys are that like Tin Man talk thing. So that goes. If your listeners want to li- read that, you can. But it like it always has kind of been in the back of my mind. Like even when I was a little kid, because uh, I mean I swim. Like I was mostly a swimmer growing up, and then uh, I kind of got better at running in high school. So I kind of was like it's always in the back of my mind. And then like the 2016 Olympics, I definitely re- I was actually home in New Jersey with my brothers and uh i just i I actually do remember watching that and being like yeah like those guys doing the triathlon like they probably look a little bit more like me than like (laughs) you know mo farah paul chalima like there's just i mean just body type like i'm i'm like 160 pounds and like six feet tall so like i'm pretty i'm not like heavy or anything but i'm just a bigger guy and like even when i was super fit for running i was i was rarely under 150 pounds so like uh just the body type thing and the swimming background so it was always kind of the back of my head and then uh yeah I, I actually was like I want I knew I wanted to run a bit after college because I, I knew I just had some untapped like I knew I had like performances to show but I that I like you know I was kind of underperforming in college and uh yeah so I did that and then I was like all in on running and I was like I'm gonna train until 2020 but then I got an injury and like I started swimming a bit and realized I'm actually like pretty good swimmer still or like for <laughs> triathlon a swimmer like so I kind of like I kind of like it it was a hard really really hard decision because like honestly you know if I was going to be like at the the height of my powers forever I would have stuck with running for 4 years maybe and maybe longer and then switched but like you you only have like what if it's like 10 years of your prime or whatever it is like you only have so long and like I know that sounds like a really long time but like it it's i think you got to do what you're like like uh you want to do what you're good at when you're at in your prime so i just you know you know like alan webb tried doing triathlon and everyone's like oh this guy's a 346 miler and it's like no he's not like he ran for 346 but he's not he, he run like 410 now and he's like can barely break 14 minutes and like he's it's like he's and that's not to knock on him for those performances like they're still really good for a guy his age and but like he just he wasn't a 347 miler when he switched so it's just like it's not a fair comparison and like maybe that has part of it to do with it as well so yeah i mean it was a tough decision but uh it's uh it's funny that you you talk about because i remember reading how you had that injury um then you spend a lot of time doing some pool running doing some some swim work i mean I, i battled my fair share of injuries in college too and every time i went to the pool I just thought I can't wait to get out of this thing and get <laughs> yeah, back right. to the real. Yeah. It was the worst part of the training, so you had the opposite reaction there. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I like running of the three is my favorite, so like I definitely felt that way. But it's just like, you know, Boulder's kind of like a, it's like a running town. It's also a triathlon town, so I like it was just like it's one thing to kind of have the idea in the back of your head. Oh, maybe I'm gonna like, I could be good at this. It's another thing to like go to some like master swim practice and be like oh shit like i've been swimming for like a week and i'm like keeping up with these like pro triathletes like maybe i am actually good at this <laughs> <laughs> so you uh i don't want to veer too far away from the cross-country championship i was just down there watching the races um and you know tim man elite takes on another championship so you had uh two team championships when you were at colorado now you've yep. been a part of three team championships with the with the ten men guys. Sounds like you know you just you're like the Tom Brady of cross country. 
whoever you surround yourself with, you just bring home championships. If you want to, you know, if you want to win a cross country championship, they got to surround themselves with Morgan over here. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if that's <laughs> exactly it, but like, yeah, it's, it's definitely fun. Like it's definitely fun to win. Te- like I, I definitely think I, I enjoy them. And like, that's part of the reason I keep coming back to running club cross. I mean, like, uh, the first ones are always kind of like the most fun. Like in 2013 when we won, it was like it was so much fun. And uh, and then when we won two years ago in 2017 with Tim Mann, that was like you know like I, I will never club cross country title to an NCAA title. Yeah. It's not the same, and I I don't think I don't think anyone would. But like it's there's not many like team even like there's not many team. Uh, I mean there's none really in running. So it's just like it, it's just a lot of fun, and like, we, and I think we all, the whole everyone on the team kind of knows that. Like, we know it's like it's not the end all, be all, but like we we do take pride in it. And uh, of course, yeah, I don't know in terms of just went, like having the five titles. Like, yeah, I mean, I'll take it. I'll take the the Tom Brady across country. <laughs> He's the the Tom Brady across country. If Tom Brady was actually like a better, you know, like basketball player than football player, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's the secondary yeah. sport yeah, that he's yeah. so good at. Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll see. Uh, I don't. Tom Brady's pretty old, so <laughs> I'm still doing. Maybe I'll do switch to Masters and I'll come back and try to win a couple more team titles. Make a make another cross country team for old men. <laughs> so we're really big into. I mean, a big reason we started this podcast is we kind of wanted to influence the culture of running and kind of create a new culture around running. Um, but in your opinion, what's the biggest difference between triathlon culture and running culture? Well. I just think like it's in it's in terms of the U.S., which is I mean what I'm gonna base this question off of. So because I'm from America, like there's no real high school scene and there's no real college. Like I guess there is a college scene of triathlon, but it's like a club, and I don't know a ton about it. So it's like I'd say it's a lot smaller community, uh, and just like it's not. And it's actually it's funny that you get you you say like you want to grow the culture of running because like uh. I've talked to, you know, like, I'm still new to the sport, but I, I do kind of want to, like, grow tr- the sport of triathlon, and especially, like, what I do, uh, ITU, draft legal stuff. Like, a lot of people don't even know it exists uh, in the U.S., and, like, it's just, I actually think it's really fun sport to watch. Everyone that I've ever kind of, like, you know, a lot of people that have watched me because they, you know, whether it's my mom or whatever, like, they actually are like, wow, these races are actually kind of fun to watch. It can be an hour long and just so yeah i want to grow the sport of triathlon the same way you guys want to grow but back to your question it's just a lot smaller there's not as many people um there's no high school scene so it's it's kind of like yeah it's it's not really from like that that real like deep-rooted like high school and middle school even do they have high school scenes in other countries (sighs) uh it's def i don't know how it works but like it's definitely like more of a thing because um, there's like junior like i'll go because i a lot of my races are abroad and there's like there'll be uh junior race which is like under under 18 or 18 and under and there's like tons and tons of kids so mm-hmm. i don't know if it's with like i don't know if it's like a high school team or like if it's just like a a club like similar to like a club hockey team but yeah. uh so i i think that's how it works but different countries are different yeah it makes sense so with the uh i mean because there's not a big high school scene college scene 
not us. I mean, I definitely know what draft legal triathlon means and okay. fully understand it, but some of our listeners <laughs> might not. So would you mind giving an explanation of yeah. breaking down what draft legal means? Yeah, so um, there's there's basically two types of triathlons, uh, non-drafting and drafting. And so non-draft is uh, when you're ri- – we ride road bikes. So if you ever watch a Tour de France or like any bike race that's on the road, like there's – that we use the same bikes as them and you could you could go as close as you want to uh your competitors and it it like draft like it's not in running you get a little bit of drafting like maybe with like the kipchoge sub two hour you people kind of start thinking about it more but uh yeah. in biking it's like you save like 30 30 percent effort like just sitting second wheel so it completely changes the dynamic of the races uh so like we swim a 1500 meter or 750 and then get on the bike and like little packs form or maybe a big pack forms or maybe people try to do a solo breakaway. But, uh, so it, it makes it, I personally like I'm biased. I, I think it makes for a more interesting race than like a non-draft race, which is like an Ironman. Uh, I think it's like 15 yards or 15 feet. I don't even know. You have to, from <laughs> you to the next bike, you can't be in their draft zone. And like, so it's more of like a, a time trial type effort. Um, I think from what I understand, there is a little, you get a little benefit being just right 15 yards behind. So they have, there is some race dynamics, but also it's an eight hour race. So who really wants to watch that? (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So what is the uh, Olympic scene looking like for triathlons? We got an Olympic year coming up. Uh, Is that something you think about? And what is, you know, how, how does that process work? Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly like, part of the reason why I switched sports because like, yeah. ever since I was a little kid you know I was doing swimming I was doing running like the Olympics is kind of like the thing um and so like that was a big reason why I switched to be completely honest honestly it's the biggest reason I was I thought it'd be my best chance and uh yeah so in terms of making the team there's a race in May early May uh called Yokohama WTS and it's uh it's almost like a for it's like a diamond league equivalent. Okay. So if if you're if you're a track fan, you know what diamond league is. It's like the equivalent for triathlon, and so it's like all countries and there's 55. I mean, it's a bit bigger than like a diamond league 5K because it's just 55 people on the start line. And then um, yes, so that so if we if I was to get top eight there and be a top US, it's an automatic selection for the for the team in Japan. Uh, if that doesn't happen, then it's it goes to discretionary uh, with the, the U- United States Triathlon Federation. They, they'll pick a team, and uh, hopefully we get. Right now we have three guys that'll qualify, and yeah. So, I mean, I have a chance. We'll see. <laughs> a lot can a lot can change in a year, you know, or six months. Yeah, definitely. So you you're you're at the top of your sport. You you're you're doing really well in a second sport. If you had to pick a third sport to try and go pro in, what would it be and why? Uh, that is. I mean, the easy answer is like biking, but that's just no. Like, doesn't count. Yeah, like that's that's <laughs> no fun. Uh, huh. A third sport, like. Like, I I really I played ice hockey for one year in middle school, <laughs> yeah. and like I played lacrosse, like I played soccer, but I always remember I 
I had the most fun playing ice hockey, like, and just like over, cause I'm from New Jersey and just over the winter, if that, if the, uh, the pond ever froze over, like I it just always had more fun playing ice hockey than any other sport. So I'll say ice hockey. Uh, okay. I don't think I would be talented or enough, <laughs> but I don't think that's the question. So <laughs> actually, yeah, or I like, or like surfing or like snowboarding, like some, I don't like something like that, where it's just like, so those are also very fun. I was, I wasn't thinking about those. Now so, you speak yeah. in French language. Yeah, I'll, I'll go surfing, yeah. actually. Just travel around right. to Hawaii. You kind of got like a, a surfer haircut. It's a little yeah. bit longer, a little lighter there. It looks like you could be a surfer. I know. When I, you said I, you were from New Jersey, I was... I do surf. I'm not, I'm not good enough to be a pro surfer or like even that good in general. But yeah, that's my answer. And you then haven't if, given it a shot yet. <laughs> I haven't. No. One time my mom tried to sign me up for a competition and like... You know, like, uh, she doesn't watch me surf. Like, you go to the beach, and you, like, surf with, like, kids, and you, like, know you're not as good as them. And she tried signing me up, and I was like, please don't. Like, I'm just going to embarrass myself, get, like, zero points, like, and I'm glad it never happened. So, But maybe that was it. Maybe I would have won. And Yeah, and then you and then you would have had a pro surfer career. Who knows? Pro surfer and, and cross-country title seeker. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, let's talk. Let's talk training triathlon because I have a couple questions about, you know, what it takes to be a, a good triathlete. So, my first question is, when you're in the water like that, and there's just all these legs and limbs flying around anywhere, are you like intentionally throwing bows? And how do you like practice like having like a mild concussion and, yeah. and swimming through an ocean or something? Well, like that kind of goes back to like the surfing thing. Being a growing up at the ocean and like I did surfing, and then I also was like a beach lifeguard. Uh, for a few years and junior lifeguards so like definitely just like being calm in the uh in the waves and stuff like that really really helped i think like that's super underrated um just like if you i don't know if you guys are from the beach or like spend a lot of time at the beach and then you go to the go to like a heavy day at the in the ocean with like someone that's like from like an inland state like you don't you take for granted how like comfortable you can be mm-hmm. in the water and then you see these like people who are like good athletes and you've seen them swim in a pool and they're like they're solid but then they're just like tense and they're like they don't know how to react to the water so i think that really helps in terms of throwing bows i I, not really i i uh unless someone's like really getting on my like getting on me and just they're like not stopping but it's just kind of like yeah it it, first off it's it's like a against the rules to really do that i mean you can you it does happen unintentionally and stuff but it's really just a waste of energy to do that just it looks like a madhouse out there somewhere yeah because i've you know i've watched the triathlon uh yeah. on tape i've seen a couple in real life and it just looks crazy the way everyone's swimming around there. i've never done one but yeah no i mean it's it's happened like it's you could get it makes it for like variety in results like uh like i've gotten beat up a few like i i'm, I'm generally a pretty good swimmer like top 20 out of the water for like WTS, but uh, a few times this year I just got beat up, and uh, it just cost my race. And it just like, if I was better at swimming, maybe I wouldn't have happened. Like if I was a top five guy, but like, there's just there's a certain element of luck, which and you just gotta mm-hmm. accept that, I guess, and just kind of like okay. conserve energy. Yeah. Well, I want I want to go back to what you said earlier about how to be a good, you know, a potential Olympic athlete is just to like 
be a surf bro and and you know be a volunteer or be a lifeguard on the beach sometimes like that's yeah. a sweet answer for all like teenage kids that like you know yeah. giving, their mom's giving them crap about not being dedicated like no nah, this is how i get to be an elite athlete and yeah like there are a few other like like people on the u.s national team that were like lifeguards uh and like or like surfers or junior lifeguards and it's like it's it's actually it's it's a real um it's a real thing so yeah it's a cool group i bet yeah <laughs> so kind of staying on the same talk topic of like training i i had to do a little bit of swimming for a while and i suck at swimming and it's so frustrating because to me it's like if you don't have good technique in swimming that's like the biggest difference between running running as long as you are in good, you know, cardio shape and you're working hard and grinding, obviously good form matters, but at the end of the day, like you can grind through it with just your like cardio and like toughness and stuff like that. Swimming, it's like if you don't have good form, it doesn't matter how good a shape you're in, it's almost like worse cuz you're just smashing along and you're not moving anywhere. So where do you like find that balance of between those two different sports? Like right? Like running, it's it's just pure effort yeah. putting into it swimming there's so much more like mechanical putting into it and it's i don't know they seem like they should be so similar but they're so completely different yeah. i hate swimming that's why i asked that question <laughs> yeah so like the balance i mean it's just like on like this is kind of a cop-out answer but like honestly like when i'm running i'm focusing on running and being the best runner i can be and like i'm not like thinking about swimming when i'm swimming i'm not thinking like i'm just trying to i'm at practice and i'm like this, I'm here to swim. I'm think, and I do like. You're absolutely correct. Like I spend more time on technique more than like. Like I'll swim for like an hour and a half to like two hours almost every day, or like four or five times a week. And it's like it's like 75% of like technique. Uh, and then like there's some, and you you get some fitness games from that. But it's like, yeah, you're absolutely correct. So just don't think about how you're a good runner. Just think about. Being a good swimmer, I guess. <laughs> what What's your of of the three disciplines? What's your favorite? I mean, r- like I said, running is like running's always my favorite. Uh, what's your least favorite? Uh, I mean, just to do like training wise, probably swimming. It's just yeah. It's like it's mentally really it's hard. Uh, like bike like because I was a swimmer and bike or runner growing up like biking has been kind of like i'm like it's i've gotten a lot better but it's kind of been like the biggest struggle for me since starting the sport yeah so in the sense of like which is my least favorite during the race is probably the bike but uh (laughs) because you're going backwards a little bit yeah well not just yeah it's just it just can be frustrating like i don't know if you guys have ever done like a group ride or something maybe in a bike race like it's not like like if you get dropped on the pack like they have such an advantage like you're going you get you get lost quick so it's just it can be demoralizing but uh it's also at the same time it's rewarding when you like get better at something so yeah what what about the transition is that something you practice you know at home Uh, just like putting on your bike shoes and stuff i practice yeah i should probably practice more i practice like before a race like in the weeks leading up to the race I, i try to practice a bit more uh it's like it's important it's important but it's also i will say like it's kind of hard to like it's kind of jumping on your bike and like doing that is is good to practice but like getting your shoes off like getting your off your bike and putting your running shoes on like it's 
it's easy to practice. It's hard to like be that tired and just like heavy legs from biking and like be putting your shoes on running wise. Like that's that people are always like, why don't you practice that more? It's like, I do <laughs> practice it a lot. It's just like different in a race when you're like eyes in the back of your head or legs feel like super heavy. So, yeah. yeah. So when you're at like a, you know, like a bar scene and you're meeting people for the first time, introducing yourself, maybe meeting some ladies, something like that. Do you find that you get a, like a, a cooler reaction if you say like, oh, I'm a professional runner, oh, I'm a professional triathlete? Does, does one, you know, carry a little bit more weight than the other? Or do you just like, uh, m- maybe you lie and say you're a professional surfer? <laughs> I'd never say that. I would never lie about it. I would lie about my job in a sense, like, if I just don't feel like explaining what I do. Right. But like, I would never say I'm a professional surfer. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think either one, like, honestly, like, I don't, I don't think either, <laughs> like, a, a girl is going to find either one, like, I guess, I was a triathlon, actually, right. surprisingly, like, you, I, personally, I wouldn't think, I would, but, like, girl, like, I mean, I have a girlfriend, so, if she listens to this, which she will, like, I don't want to piss her off, but, uh, <laughs> but like, uh, probably triathlon, because people actually have more questions about that, yeah. and they're, like, like, and I was surprised because I, like, part of the reason I didn't want to do triathlon was because I thought it was kind of goofy. And I mean, I still do, but <laughs> I also think running's kind of goofy now, too. I've just realized all sports are goofy. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'd say triathlon people probably think, like, some people think it's a little bit cooler. Uh, cool. But most of the people I hang out with are runners, so. <laughs> yeah. Which, if you had to pick one other, uh, one other person from your team, Tin Man, uh, who would be I the best triathlete from I the from the rest of the Tin Man crew? <laughs> so I was thinking about this, and like, I know this is probably not true, but I was sit so after club cross, it was the next morning or like midday, and we were getting lunch, and I was talking to Sydney, and like he was telling me about college, how like in college like he just kept running more and more miles, and like he was doing like 70 miles a week, and then he like wanted to get better, so he jumped up to like 118. And I'm just like, that's kind of the mindset that I had. Uh, like, because when I was in college, I was like, as soon as workouts would get easier, I would just be like, all right, I'm going to run more. So like, I, there's a few weeks I was like 115 to 120 in college. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good idea. It's not, I didn't like, I probably ran worse because of it, but like maybe like body type and like Sydney's like really little. So he might struggle with like the bike, just putting out power and I've never seen him swim, but like just the mindset. I, and I think the mindset is super important for triathlon, like that whatever it takes mindset. I'm going with Sydney. Okay. All right. Yeah. I like it. It's going to have to be a Tinman triathlon team, and we'll have everybody yeah. battle it out or something. Oh, I think I'd smoke everyone. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, this is funny. Well, maybe you guys will think it's funny. I wanted, I challenged them. I said, we should do like a relay in the, in the pool. They, they, all, they have their own team, and they each do like a 50, and I just do continuous swimming. Yeah. And see who wins. Or, or what they should do is they should pick three people and piece together a team, and one person gets each gets yeah. a different and see if you can beat them. Yeah, that'd be fun too. That'd be fun <laughs> I mean, too. you'd probably still win, right? <laughs> I think I would. I mean, I don't know. Like, dude, yeah, swimming's so would. hard. If you don't swimming have a swimming background, if you don't have a swimming background, forget about it. Especially yeah. in like open water, I feel like I'm just gonna drown immediately. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think. <laughs> I think I'd win that. Uh, I've biked with a few of the guys, and I can. I think I could put some decent time on them in the bike too. So, 
Yeah. Excellent. Well, hey, um, thank you so much for, for jumping on and, and talking with us tonight. But we we end every interview with a quick game. So, Mike, why don't you kick off uh, down the home stretch? All right. So down the home stretch, just rapid fire questions. And uh, we pick a specific topic. This this interview is going to air right around uh, Christmas Day. So okay. your topic is uh, Christmas. Trent's going to start us off with the first question. Let's do it. All right, Morgan. What should we all get the uh, the triathlete in our life for Christmas this year? Uh, What's on the wish list? You should get them Peloton. I love Peloton. That's, yeah. Oh, there's like these like uh, I should probably plug like one of my sponsors, but I'm not. There's like these uh, <laughs> there's like these like trainers, like bike trainers that you can travel with. I think they're called like. Yeah, those are pretty sweet. I forget the name of them, but uh, they're like they're red and they're pretty. They're really you can travel with them, so yeah. You, you can plug a sponsor stuff. if you want. No, it's not a sponsor. That's okay. and I, feedback, feedback trainer. That's what I got. Yeah. All right, that's a very specific answer, but uh, what's uh, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, I like Jingle All the Way. Oh, oh that's a throwback. I like that. Similar question. What's your favorite Christmas song? Uh. Wow, you stumped him. Like, yeah, this uh, this looks this question seems I'm like trying to think of, It's like of the Beatles. I think. I can't even think how it goes. I just know I really like it. Uh. Simply having a wonderful yes, Christmas. That one. Yeah, that's that a good one. one. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> sorry for the delay. No, no, I love it. <laughs> All right. Will you uh, will you work out on Christmas? Will you run or bike or swim on Christmas Day? Uh, I probably won't swim. The pools will probably be closed. I might, I'll probably run. Yeah. So you already said your, uh, your girlfriend's going to be listening to this. What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for the holidays this year? <laughs> what do I want? Uh, I want one of those feedback trainers, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's you plugged. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you any good at wrapping Christmas presents? No, I am yeah, awful. Yeah, it's Super literally the hardest. Possible. I think it might be harder than a triathlon. <laughs> yeah, no. I need to work. I like it's actually because I'm like actually an adult, so like I, I kind of have to get at it, but I'm not. Have, have you ever paid the people at the mall the five bucks to wrap your presents for you? Um, no, I haven't. <laughs> Mike, hit him with the last question. All right, what uh, what event in a triathlon would Santa be best at? Ooh, good one. <laughs> Slam, because of the buoyancy. Oh, it's good point. <laughs> Love it. Oh, man. Yeah. Morgan, thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, thanks, for guys. You this year. Yeah, have a, have a good holiday season. Thanks, yeah, man. you too, man. Yeah. Thanks, Morgan. I appreciate it. I might get some guys. Tin Man stuff this year. That's a sweet sweatshirt. Yeah. Uh, this is last year's uh, product. So, yeah. I was going to say line. that for the what do you, what you get a triathlete for Christmas, the Tin Man stuff, but those guys sell out every. It's every, impossible. I tried. The, I tried the a lot. Yeah, they sold so out like I'm not gonna, they don't need a promotion from me. That interview is brought to you by the Irish Clover 5-Miler in Drakeit, Massachusetts at Owen and Ollie's on March 8th. Guys, I'm looking at the registration, and it's filling up a little bit more every week. Like I said, we're going to cap it at 800. 
So it, don't miss your opportunity to sign up for this race. There's a $250 cash prize to the men and women's winner. Be there. And, you know, even if you don't have a shot to win, even if you just want to come out, run a run a fun race and have a good time at the, the post-race party, it's going to be a great time. So uh, we'll, we'll see you out there. Also, be sure to uh, check in, check out the uh, the Tin Man Elite website, you know, in their blog. They have a, you know, we talked a little bit about it with Sam Parsons a couple weeks ago when we had him on. Um, but Morgan has some, you know, really cool stories up there about his career and kind of his his path to triathlon. So uh, be sure to to go on there and, and, and check it out. So now, guys, we wanted to uh, embrace the holiday spirit a little bit and talk about what we we got each other some gifts so we're going to talk about you know what we got each other for christmas and so uh you know does anybody want to does anybody want to kick it off give a present to somebody to to start off this uh this gift giving season yes yeah i do um trent my my first gift is to you um i saw a picture of you you were at a wedding this weekend you looked really good uh but you. you kept the ridiculous tradition going of having ties and shirts that look obscene together crisscrosses stripes different colors just absolutely ridiculousness so i'm gonna i'm gonna go out of my way here and for christmas this year i'm gonna get you some nice matching shirts and ties that you can wear to nice formal occasions mike uh, funny enough i got trent the same exact thing i don't know that's all we need to get him i don't know i don't know a lot about fashion trent but I do know that patterns on shirts and ties that don't have the same colors or don't match don't go together. So you can do one or the other. Do a pattern or one or the other. But mix in a solid color on the other one. Come on, guys. Man, better than I, that. I appreciate <laughs> buying me the matching shirt and tie. And I'll probably wear that combination maybe once or, or twice even after receiving it. But then <laughs> the tie gets thrown in the tie pile. The shirt gets thrown in the shirt pile. <laughs> And I just kind of grab them a little bit aimlessly, a little bit blind. And I tell you what, it makes some killer combinations. The first thing I heard, and really the only thing I heard, was, Trent, you look good at the wedding this weekend. <laughs> and for our OG listeners, like we've had some uh, episodes early on in the, in the show where Trent was recording you know, from his office after work, and he's in a suit and tie. And like halfway through the episode, it's like, Trent, what? the hell are you wearing i remember there was like one combo where he's wearing like a baby blue shirt with like a you know a yellow like checkered pattern <laughs> and he had a oh, red black tie on over it it was like come on man did you Fire did you get dressed in the dark this morning <laughs> the the best part about it is everyone else in my office is like very put together you know they're they're wearing the classic combos they got the the solid blue or the solid white and whatever tie that that works to the time of year or whatever and I'm just, I just like to wing it blind. And now I feel like it's, now it's my style. Now it's my signature to be just a little <laughs> yeah, all over the place, style. mixing it up. <laughs> well, Mike, right, I'm going to, oh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Trent. No, no, no. All right, I'll, I'll do one for you, Steve, this year. I don't have uh, any thoughts on your guys' style. I, I think you guys look great all the time. Not as good as me, but you do it. Um, the first one I thought of for Steve, though, was I want to get you um, a new dog that doesn't bark. Uh, we've had a lot of Miley in the podcast this year, and she's been she's been great and is a nice addition. But I don't know. Sometimes we could probably use a little less barking. So I would just like to point out the fact that my dog Miley is sitting right next to me on the floor, and she's being very well behaved. She just perked up when I said her name. She hasn't barked a single time this episode. She's so try, you take now. that back. You take that back. I'm just Miley's saying. Asleep. That was Mike, pretty vicious. That was a pretty yeah, vicious move yeah. there, Trent. Mike's dog hasn't barked. A new dog. Time. 
Jeez. <laughs> oh boy, man, there's not yeah, there's not much you could say about me that would get me upset. But you come after my dog trend. You know, I think this going to be a problem. I think we need to get a third uh, co-host for the podcast after that one, Steve. Yeah, jeez. Whoa, that's... man. Well, well, we'll come back, Detrain. I got another. I had that style. <laughs> Mike, you know, I don't know if I told this story on the podcast yet, but Mike, I got you a gift, and I got you a pair of running shoes. Oh so, God, Trent, I don't know if you know this, <laughs> but we we ran that relay um, back in October, a race that we had been training for for a couple months, a oh, race yeah. that we were really looking forward to, and a race that we were we were trying to win. And uh, Mike shows up, and we're getting our we're getting our kit together the you know the the night before, like every runner should. You know, we're pinning our number on our on our singlets, and we're kind of you know getting our getting our kit together for the morning because it looked like it was going to be crappy weather, and we wanted to be prepared and ready to go for the next morning. And Mike. Who came up from Connecticut to stay at my house because I, w- I live in the same t- town as the race? Goes, I forgot my running shoes. And I was like, Oh, did you forget your race shoes? He goes, No, I just didn't bring any running shoes. Well, well. So we had, did, no, you did didn't you, bring, you didn't bring a single pair of running shoes. So to, we had to, to be fair, up. my like kick around shoes are running shoes. I just don't run in them. Anyways, <laughs> we had to dig up a pair of running shoes for Mike to run a race that we had been training for for several months. So, Mike, I got you a nice new pair of running shoes. Don't forget them for the next race. Thanks, Steve. I think that's what you've gotten me uh, every year for the last, like, <laughs> yeah, six years. Right. So that's perfect. That's a perfect gift. <laughs> How much do those shoes cost you, Steve? <clears throat> Listen, those are high-quality premium running shoes, Trent. Can I, can I say that despite whether you were running a race or not, I all feel like as former runners, serious runners that still, like, hobby jog pretty hardcore – you should bring running shoes wherever you are. It pisses me off yeah. when I go to the wedding like I was this weekend and people like don't bring running shoes. It's just, I don't know, it seems like a must-have to have in any bag. So, Mike, the fact that you're running for the race and you didn't bring shoes is just like pathetic. But in general, I don't know, everybody should have in their car or in their bag. Yeah, your car shoes. shoes. Yeah, like I gotta like leave I a said, pair. I always have a pair of shoes in my car. Like I said, my kick-around shoes are running shoes. I would have sucked it up. I would have run them whenever I needed to. Um, all right. Steve, my present to you. <laughs> Steve, you've been getting big into uh, the TikTok game these days, so I wanted to yeah. get you a present. <laughs> I wanted to get you a present that would help you fit in, you know, with your people, with your TikTok people, with your demographic <laughs> of friends these days. So I, I'm gonna get you a jewel with a, <laughs> you know, with maybe some mango, mango jewel pods, so you know, you and your like 14 year old buddies can, you know, stand outside, you know. One hand be working on your TikTok videos, the other hand just be sucking back some some vape. So that, that's what I'm getting for you, Steve. Yeah, maybe I'll do some vape videos on our, on our TikTok <laughs> page. Be too early, uh, be too early pod on TikTok. Follow us. We got <laughs> we got like three videos up. <laughs> one of one of the videos has one view, literally mm-hmm. one view. It's been up for two months. <laughs> it was probably you. <laughs> yeah, probably. We, we probably should start dueling, and that's that's got a hundred percent. You know, multiple. That would definitely our, our tick game. games. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mike. I'd like to get to you. I was kind of split between uh, a group gift here, or more specifically, you, and I'll just tailor it into you. Um. So every time the peak too early guys get together to record a podcast in person, Mike's <laughs> come in super confident that he's gonna be able to set this all up on one computer. We're gonna have like this multi mic game, and it's gonna work really well, really smoothly. He comes in, he's assured us, he's tested this out and nailed it. And literally every time <laughs> we have failed to execute, 
and we're all like, you know, sitting next to each other with our own computers out and kind of doing our separate recording all at once. Um, so I want to get you, you know, uh, an hour with some uh, Apple Genius or whatever it is is going to help you set up this this mic game. All right. Okay. Listen, it's gotten a little bit better every single time, right? Like the first time, none of the mics were working. It was an absolute chit show. The second time, we were able to crowd around one mic. And then last time, I was able to get two mics independently working. We're almost there. We are almost Baby there. Steps. And I'm Baby telling steps. you, Trent, I've got it figured out. Next time we record live, <laughs> I've got <laughs> it figured out. What that, what that means for everyone is we have a, a 45 minute delay between the <laughs> estimated start of podcasts and when we actually start, and we're gonna still have separate mics. Just a lot of me like swearing and throwing yeah. wires around and stuff, yeah. Um, Trent, I got you another gift. Oh, nice. Um, so I'm not gonna justify this with a with a with a lot of explanation. I'm just gonna tell you what I got, and I'm gonna leave it at that. I got you a pair of clippers. Hmm, like Ooh. nail clippers. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to tell you, no, no, it's for like, you know, you know, grooming needs. Like for like yard work outside, clippers <laughs> to, to groom the, the, the hedges? Uh, probably mainly like facial grooming somewhere around there, you know, I don't know. Okay. Sometimes my, my, uh, my sideburns get a little long that I can, can work on there. So I would appreciate that. Some really good sentiment. All right. Oh. Mustache, and I think it needs to go. <laughs> So <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, it's starting to come like get outrageous. Um, but I'm almost at the year mark. March yeah, will be the no. year mark. So now it's I got to do at least one year of my life with the mustache, and then uh, and then we'll see what happens from there. Maybe it's you know 20 years of my life. Maybe it's a one year anniversary. I, I cut it and let it go finally. But we'll what see. if you? Yeah. Do you think your girlfriend's gonna break up with you when you shave it? Maybe she might not recognize me. Because the majority of your relationship, you've had a mustache, right? That's right now, yeah. Because I've also mixed it in once in a while before. You know, I do it for a week or so at a time. <laughs> so when you add that up, it's probably like a 65-70% uh, mustache to non-mustache ratio. <laughs> the best, I think, is when I look back at like all the weddings and stuff that are going on, <laughs> yeah. or just like the family parties, and I can't wait to look at those pictures you know, down the line and be like, wow. I really was pretty stubborn about keeping that stash around. I, I grew like you've up. Had like, I feel like you've had a good percentage of your friends' weddings in the last year with the mustache existing. So like, you're gonna look back at you know the majority of your friends' weddings, and it's gonna be mustache Trent. Yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a vacation mustache going in November, so I had a I had a mustache for my vacation and Thanksgiving. And I successfully ruined every single picture from both of those <laughs> events with my terrible mustache. So I'll, I'll looking back on those pictures. <laughs> yeah. I right, got a. Oh, go ahead. I have some serious uh, ones at the end. We can do. We can kind of get to those, or I can. We can... All right. Well, well, let me finish mine. I, I don't know we'll how many rounds are going, so I'll just. I'll. I'll end yours with a couple stocking stuffers here. So I got two stocking stuffers for you. One, I just had to throw it in there. You always need some more body glide, so I'm gonna well, stuff your stocking with a little bit of body glide. And then the second thing that I'm going to throw in your stocking is I'm going to put get one of those like uh, world clocks that you can put next to your like bedside. So that way it'll help you figure out time zones so that when we record, you're not like an hour behind here, two hours ahead there. And we can all get on the same page here. Time zones are tough. That's all I can say. They're very tough. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple stocking stuffers too, I guess then. Uh, Mike, I thought I'd get you a new life jacket. You're just on the boat a lot. You're, you're <laughs> off the coast of Connecticut somewhere, so... 
Uh, well, let's get you a life jacket. Steve, I thought you could use some new sweatbands, some new headbands. I feel like that's a runner's right. look that's not being utilized enough is just the, the guy rocking the massive like basketball headband. So Mike, I'd like to see you out there rocking. Yeah. That's, that's my thing. That's my trademark. So I think it's time to pass it on to the bigger sweater of the family or just make it. Uh, a well, thing. that's right. fair. Uh, oh, you got more stocking stuffers, Trent? I want to make fun of Mike for his fancy football team real quick. So last place finisher, <laughs> how about just a new fancy football team? We should definitely add that zinger in there. Uh, what else do I got here? That That's kind of the main ones. That's the main ones I got. Those are the only important gifts. I got one last gift. Going back to the uh, the relay Mike and I ran, you know, I uh, I bought myself a back brace because uh, I carried that team, Mike. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, then on that note, I got a few more stockings <laughs> stuff just for you to see. Um, okay. I've got like a, uh, like a good coffee table book for you. Like I was thinking maybe after your um, Halloween costume joke that you threw in earlier this year and then your oh, OAR joke. Great. Your OAR yeah. joke that you threw in. I was thinking I'll get you like a dad joke um, coffee table. So that oh, was a good yeah. one. I thought I would get you a Bible because you think that the week starts on Sunday. <laughs> okay. So maybe you could read that a little bit. And then this one actually works in perfectly because I was going to get you some Miller Lights because, you know, this podcast was, uh, you know, built on us just talking about running and drinking Miller Lights together. And a lot recently, you know, there's been some wine going on over there. This summer, there was a lot of, like, excuses, like, oh, my wife, like, randomly left out all these hard <laughs> seltzers, and someone's got to drink them, right? So there's been all kinds of stuff being drank over there at the uh, the Gendron household. So I'm going to get you, you know, some Miller Lights to get, to get you back right on track. All right. All right. I like that. <laughs> well, hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for all my gifts. That was very kind of you. That you know, was, I that mean, was great. Yeah, no, it was, uh, that was that was a nice little gift changing exchanging session there. Um, but before the end, we end the episode, I just want to say that, guys, it's it's the week of Christmas, and a lot of podcasts that I listen to are taking this week off. But we're out here, we're grinding, we're we're bringing the content to the people. The week of Christmas, we love doing this. We're having we have a ton of fun. We're gonna have a little year end recap on our on our next episode, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, but on that note, why don't we kick off the bell app? Mike, Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? All right, so I'm going to mix in, you know, a little bit of everything that we that we talk about here. First of all, the Patriots are back. Second of all, the Celtics are probably going to win the NBA championship. Um, third of all, the Red Sox still stink really bad. Um, and also, I, you know, I want to shout out a Merry Christmas and, you know, more importantly, a, a Happy Holidays. Uh, to everyone who celebrates, you know, all the holidays around that, you know, I got my uh, menorah burning two candles tonight on my ki- on my uh, kitchen table for my for my lovely wife and her Jewish background. So happy holidays to everybody. Have a wonderful time. And, uh, you know, like Steve said, don't forget who's still grinding during, during the holidays for you guys. Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell Lab? Yeah, going off that, just just a big happy holidays and, and Merry Christmas and all that good stuff to all the listeners. Uh, if it wasn't for you guys, then I, I would be going to sleep really early tonight and resting up and feeling much better for my holiday parties and all that stuff and enjoying some real quality family time. But uh, instead, I'm, I'm here. I'm talking to these two idiots. Uh, so I'm just really, really thankful for Peak Too Early and, and the listeners and what they've done to bring us all together. So uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, we'll see you 
don't even think we're taking off next week, so we'll nope. see you before New Year's no Eve. Days off, this no this days the off. train keeps rolling along. Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks for listening. We're having a lot of fun doing this. Guys, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the joke. Joseph's on a vacation far away. Come around and suck it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. I don't want to lose your love tonight. I can't go very fast, that's the tattoo. Nowhere to run when I'm in trouble. You know I'd do anything for you. Say that I would keep it undercover. I just want to use your love tonight. I don't want to lose your love tonight. I feel like that happened in the beginning. And I never would prepare for this, uh, like the sign in, the sign off part. Yeah. Or even before we had like a set order, and now we kind of have like. I always like mentally throughout the day that I know we're recording, try and think of like a intro, and Me outro. Too. But there are some days that I completely forget. I usually have an intro, but there'll be days when like you say like Mike, what do you have for me on the bell? I'm like. Uh, the Patriots. <laughs> like, I just, yeah, throw something out. <laughs> it's really nice going second, because then I can base mine off yours a lot of times. Yeah. Whenever I say, you know, I'm just going to go off mic today, that, that means I need to <laughs> Clapping, felt the desert burn.